0: Welcome to this broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. It is a Tuesday morning coming to you from North Carolina. It is July the 2nd, 2019. There is so much in the news that is Important, but of course, we can't cover it all. Um, but I will hit a few news headlines and then get into some of the main stories. Uh, the three main stories that I like to take a look at today are concerning Iran. Iran has followed through on its threat to exceed the limit of enriched uranium because of U.S. sanctions after the Trump administration pulled out of the 2015 nuclear agreement, which was negotiated between nations, and including the Obama administration in 2015, of course. Now, Iran had agreed to this long-term deal on its nuclear program with a group of world powers known as the P5 Plus One. Now, the P5 Plus One was the United States, the United Kingdom, France, China, Russia, and Germany, and it came after tensions over Iran's alleged efforts to develop a nuclear weapon. Also in the news, this has really been dominating the news the uh, past 48 hours. U.S. Border Patrol agents are under investigation after a secret Facebook group was exposed that contained racist and sexist comments from members who are current or former Border Patrol agents. And the last story I'll touch upon, probably won't spend a lot of time on, but it appears that bots were part of the Twitter storm that attacked Senator Kamala Harris's alleged blackness or lack thereof. Um, that occurred on the debate night, the second debate of the Democrats, where Joe Biden was a part of that. Uh, Marianne Williams, uh, of course, Kamala Harris. I got to remember to pronounce her name uh, correctly. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Bernie um, Sanders and I forget the other guy's name but but yeah um, it appears that bots were a part of that Twitter storm with a bunch of accounts starting with this guy uh, going by Ali and these tweets started going out from these accounts that had similar names but also were posting the same message over and over and the message with, with viral and again it was a a attack on Kamala Harris's blackness or lack thereof as what they were uh, saying. Now, Antonio Moore, um, for those who don't know who Antonio Moore is, he's a YouTuber. He's also one of the founders of the Ados, uh movement. And he's been advancing a false narrative that Kamala Harris, excuse me, Kamala Harris, claimed to lead desegregation efforts in her comments to Joe Biden over his work to oppose racial desegregation. And, you know, we got a lot of disinformation out there, a lot of fake news out there, and I just don't understand why people want to advance uh, false narratives about any individual. Um, I certainly am no Harris um, let's say I'm, I'm don't plan on voting for Kamala Harris in the Democratic primaries. But if she gets the nomination, I will vote for her um, to unseat Donald Trump. But she is not my first choice, not my second choice, not even my third choice. OK, um, but I just feel like when people tell lies, you need to question their, their credibility. Um, what else may they be lying to you about? Or perhaps they're not lying. Maybe they just can't comprehend English very well, or or maybe they're just mentally undeveloped, and I don't know. They're hearing things that weren't said, but we'll take a look at that news story. Um, before we get started, please continue to support the nonprofit new media organization, Black Talk Media Project you can make a donation by going to blacktalkradionetwork.com and I swear I swear I have to get our new Black Talk Media Project website um, together Um, I've already installed the new theme Um, you'll be able to go to the website we'll have different projects that we're working on um, that need funding and you'll be able to pick and choose what project um, you want to give to or you can give to more than one. So that that's, i tell you, since I started back broadcasting um, seven days a week, not seven days a week, Scotty, five days a week, um, typically going up to two hours, I have just not had time to uh, do a whole lot of things that I need to do. And that's no excuse. That just means I need to be a better um, manager of my time. But, um, yeah, we will definitely get that website up. And, um running as soon as possible. But you can go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. You'll see a donate button. You can make a donation there. Uh, you'll see different buttons, uh, you know, buttons like help um, keep us online. If you make a, a donation, you can make a donation um, monthly. Um, you can make a one-time donation. You don't have to have a PayPal account. Uh, you can use any kind of credit card or, or oh, I shouldn't say any kind, but you could use a MasterCard, Visa, American Express, Discover, or bank cards. Um They could be debit cards, credit cards. You, we make it easy for you to make a donation. Also, um, you can contribute to the nonprofit by also getting a subscription to BTR Community. BTR Community is a social media platform that... I believe it was set up in 2016, The towards the end, the last half of 2016. I, I believe so. And it's a social media community that I kept hearing, you know, people say, hey, we need alternatives to Facebook and these other platforms. They're silencing black voices. Um, Also, there's the issue of data mining and selling your personal info, like your name, your address, anything that you make public, uh, selling that to telemarketers and and what have you, and we don't do any of that. So, um, btrcommunity.com, you could go there. You can get a subscription to this social media community, post status messages, post videos, Uh, Anything you would like to share. You can also start groups um, if you have a particular interest in something and and looking to, you know, uh, connect with like-minded people around that interest. We have groups for that, um, just like Facebook has groups for that. And you can get a subscription for just $24 a year. Also, um, we have a a new partnership, um, Gabriel what is it? Gabriel and sons, uh, company. I, I believe y'all excuse me, but they're new. Um, but they reached out to me and they established a partnership with me. Gabriel and company, um, has fine jewelry and engagement rings. You'll see, um, some of their posts on our network, some of their promos on our network, black talk, radio network.com. You also, uh, see posts from time to time on our social media accounts and if you are interested in uh, purchasing fine jewelry, um, if you plan on getting engaged, um, please check out their their great selection. And if you make a purchase, if you go through the links on our website and you make a purchase within 120 days, 5% of your purchase will be donated to the Black Talk Media Project. So just still trying to create ways Um, And they reached out to us, so thank them. I just want to thank them for reaching out to us, Um, but we're still trying to come up with creative ways for us to continue to fund the work of the Black Talk Media Project. Um, If you have a question or comment during this broadcast that you would like to share on air, you can give us a call at 704-802-5056, that's 704-802-5056. You hit the star key twice, um, that will let me know uh, to come to you. Um, Just be patient and watch your background noise. So um, before I get into these main three stories, uh, again, I probably won't do the whole two hours today, but I've said that before, and it ends up being two hours, um, because there is some work I need to get done behind the scenes, lots of work to get done. Uh, But some of the uh, other headlines besides those three, I don't know um, if you heard about Nike. The shoe company was coming out with a shoe that has a design that would um, be a copy of Betsy Ross's original U.S. flag. And apparently Colin Kaepernick must have some kind of pull at night um, because he raised concerns with them about um, its connection to racism and what have you, as we know, he took a knee while he was playing in the NFL during the playing of the national anthem and the saluting of the flag, the U.S. flag, the stars and stripes, as, as they call it. And so um, he said that it doesn't represent what it's supposed to represent, what they say it represents, which is supposed to be freedom and justice freedom, liberty, and justice for all. And and we got people getting shot down in the street by cops and they're getting paid vacation is what Colin Kaepernick said and said he can't salute a flag or give any respect to a flag that doesn't um, live up to the stated principles, the propaganda. Um, So Nike pulled that shoe, said they won't be coming out with it. And, of course, right-wingers, Conservative, suspected racists as well as white supremacists have their pennies in a bunch and saying that they're going to boycott Nike uh, over this decision. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought y'all was supposed to already be boycotting Nike. I, I-, I thought when, you know, they gave Colin Kaepernick that advertisement deal um, and made that commercial of him and, and ran that campaign, that y'all said y'all wasn't ever buying Nike. I remember seeing a video of this suspected racist setting his Nike shoes on fire while they were still on his feet. So, man, I tell you. So anyway, um, that's one of the things that's dominating the headlines. Um, I don't buy Nike unless it's on sale. Um, yeah, unless they're on sales, I just don't believe in paying for Although they are a good quality shoes, Um, You know, as a former athlete, they do have pretty good quality um, basketball shoes and what have you. But, um, you know, I don't believe in spending hundreds of dollars for a shoe just because it has somebody's name on it or or has a logo on it, certain brands or whatnot. No, I'll I'll wait. I'll go to the clearance rack. I will, you know, because I just don't believe in investing that much money into something that's going to be on my feet and it's going to wear out. I understand there's collectors out there, but how much are those Jordan collections really, really worth when you can go on the internet and buy every pair of Jordan from China that you want and at reduced prices. So I, I just don't know collectors, um, Jordan collectors, how much those collections are are really worth other than your sentimental value or, or what have you. All right. So um, let me find a couple of other news headlines again. Like I stated, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that we should be paying uh, attention to. Um, Unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of us don't get the information that we need and therefore we can't prepare for what's coming down the pipe. Um, Then there's just it's just too much going on in the world. So I don't expect everybody to know everything. Certainly, I don't know everything. So um, now there's this story about from NPR about Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, a Supreme Court justice described as a quote unquote liberal. And I don't know if she's passing a torch like she's going to. Uh, retire soon um, I was watching Roland Martin um, today Roland Martin unfiltered I was watching a couple of his episodes this morning and he was talking about the importance of the presidential elections because the president gets to appoint all of these federal judges, including the Supreme Court and 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 I'm saying this in a nonpartisan way. But there are a lot of activist judges on the court, meaning that they don't stick to the common sense interpretation of laws a lot of times, but they try to, they give you a perverted interpretation that has nothing to do with the original intent, um, and they will do this along ideological lines. Um, whether they're conservative or liberal or, or or whatever, Democrat appointed by Democrats, appointed by a Republican, it doesn't matter. Um, so you know, Justice Ginsburg is really up there in age. Her health hasn't been the best, and so it, it seems like probably the next term um, she could pass away. I hate to speak deaf on anybody, but she could let me restate that i don't like to speak death into existence but that's just a fact um she's very very old um not in the best of health and she could pass away or depending upon who wins the next election she may retire um if it's a democrat she might try to hang in there if it's donald trump which i think it could be donald trump um especially if joe biden ends up being the nominee you know there's a lot of people that's out there saying anybody but Biden just like they were saying anybody but Hillary Clinton so um you know that's just something to keep in the back of your mind uh, of course protests are still going on in Hong Kong um it's gotten very violent um and this is all over a law that mainland China um, had put in into place in Hong Kong, which Hong Kong is a territory of China. Uh, the British lost control of that a while ago. They had a 99 year lease. It was up probably a decade ago. So China is now uh, exercising its uh, uh, jurisdictional control. And the law in question was is that you know for certain types of laws or offenses that people would be extradited to mainland China to stand trial. And so that's what they're rioting in the streets about, which I I really don't see why. I really don't see why. Uh, again, you know, the United States has islands and what have you that are under its jurisdictional control. I like to call them colonies. Um, they call them possessions and what have you. Um, but certain crimes that happen on those islands you can get extradited to the United States um to face trial as that has happened to a number of freedom fighters uh, from these various uh, possessions of the United States so um that's what's going on in Hong Kong but I, I've been seeing that things are escalating there very 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 violent um stuff going on there all right so that's um let's go ahead and jump into these main stories. Um I'm particularly paying attention to this situation with Iran because if World War Three breaks out, it's gonna affect it's going to affect everybody on the planet. And not in a good way, I, I should say. Um uh, war is never good. Um, lots of people suffer, mainly civilians suffer. Um, if you're thinking that it won't impact us here in the United States, uh most certainly it can. Um, even if it's not the threat of a military attack, um, like missiles or or anything like that, I don't believe Iran has those capabilities. But again, if this turns into global war, World War Three, some of their allies do have those capabilities. Um, but You know, it certainly will affect gas prices, which will affect uh, your ability to go back and forth to work and and take your children where they need to go. Um, It will just affect all your travel. Um, Gas prices also affect the price of food. So things could could spiral out of control very quickly. Um, Literally, the war can start in the next several minutes. That's how deep it is the situation um now i didn't pull up this article um but i saw an article yesterday where one of the uh, neocon warmongering appointees of donald trump's uh cabinet um was talking about well i uh israel is going to attack iran now israel attacks iran um iran is going to retaliate with great force uh they will literally try to wipe Israel off the map if Israel uh attacks them which then of course pull in the United States which then pull in um the Russians will then pull in the Chinese will then the Europeans are going to have to pick a side so um we're looking at we we're, we're living in a very dangerous time right now more dangerous um you know than uh, previous years uh, that we've been experiencing. I mean, we're always in danger. That's why I say, um, you know, I'm broadcasting from the enemy, behind the enemy lines of USA, Inc., because of their domestic um, policies. But the world has been a dangerous place and it, it's really more dangerous, if, if you can believe that, um, with this going on with Iran. So, as I stated in the beginning, Iran had entered into agreement um, with the U.S., the U.K., France, China, Russia, and Germany. Um, there were lots of propaganda, and they could have been—I I don't know—but there's lots of there has been lots of propaganda that that Iran is trying to obtain nuclear weapons so it can then attack Israel and framing it along uh, those lines. But um, I have always been. Um, steadfast in my belief that if Iran wants nuclear weapons, which I wish no one had nuclear weapons, but if they want nuclear weapons as a nuclear deterrent, um, then at, they have a right to as a sovereign nation. Um, nobody is pressing Israel about the nuclear weapons that they have obtained with help from spies, uh, uh, people who spied on the U.S. government and stole nuclear secrets. and But nobody's pressing them or saying they got to get rid of their stockpiles of enriched uranium, um, you know, and, and a lot of it has to do with global white supremacy. Um, I feel even though, um, Iranians, the average Iranian, if I saw him walking down the street and, and especially if it's a male and he got on a suit or something like that, you know, um, and, and by the U S census, they would be classified as white. Um, but they're Muslims though. See that that's the thing right there. That's the sticking point. They're Muslims. Um, all right. So let me get into, let you take a listen to this report from Al Jazeera English. Iran has gone and, and it's not like they did it in secret. They told you that they was gonna do this. They have been totally transparent and upfront about their intentions. Okay? You can say whatever you want to say, but that much is clear to me is that they agree they agreed to this agreement to only enrich uranium to a certain degree and then they would only have so much of it on hand stockpiles of it so much on hand which i think the agreement was less than 600 pounds and then the agreement was working um, all the uh, atomic agency, nuclear atomic agency that was tasked with monitoring the Iranian program said that they were sticking to the agreement. In comes Donald Trump. And Donald Trump um, just withdraws from the from the agreement. And the rhetoric coming out of his administration, you got to remember, you got John Bolton uh, as part of his... Uh, national security team and John Bolton, as I'm remembering um, um, what this one YouTuber said, said John Bolton has been wanting to destroy Iran since John Bolton was a baby. and And so, you know, they pull out the agreement and now all bets are off. The Iranians said, told that with these new crippling sanctions Bolton on tape talking about how we're going to starve their people and all this and that. Um, They told their European partners in this agreement that, hey, the U.S. has pulled out and they're slapping on more sanctions. So unless you do something, then we're not going to hold to this agreement any longer. Um, Then a couple of weeks ago, they said that... um, They weren't satisfied with the European response. What that can change as I share when I share another story. Um, but said the Europeans are are not doing enough to circumvent the U.S. sanctions and continue trading with Iran, which is all of them sovereign, right? Again, I I just want to keep in focus that this is about white supremacy, this is about you know American imperialism is white supremacy, okay? Um, so. This is what what it's all about. These are all sovereign nations. Here they are engaged in trade and what. And here comes the United States government saying, well, you can't do business with him. You can't do business with them because we don't like what type of government they have, you know, and they never care about the people. They try to make it seem like, oh, we want to bring freedom to the people. So let's bring freedom to the people by starving them. By making sure that they can't get the basic necessities of life that they need. Let's make it so that they can't get raw materials that they need to maintain their infrastructure. Uh, Let's make sure that they can't get the medicines that they need to treat illnesses and diseases and save the life of their people. So how are you doing something for the people when you punishing the people? Because you know the people at the top of the pyramid never feel the effects. Okay, they're not going to feel the effects. They're not the common man, woman, and child on the ground. So let's just throw that garbage out the window right now. They're not doing it on behalf of Iranians or Venezuelans or Cubans or any other nation that that they have sanctions on. They're not doing it for them um give me just a moment Uh le- i'm sorry about that let me turn my phone off i'm being distracted and i should have said it to go straight to voicemail okay so i'm back but anyway so now Um, Iranians have said that we've exceeded, which they told you they were going to do, that you, we have Mm -hmm. exceeded, um, the limit that we had with this agreement that is falling apart because the Trump administration came in and that's what they wanted to do was to try to make it fall apart because they want war with Iran. These, these hawks, these people like Bolton, Pompeo, and others have, have, this has been part of their agenda, personal agendas, for a very, very long time, decades, one might say. So it's not like Iran didn't tell you they was going to do this, and now they've done it. So this is um, a report from Al Jazeera about the Iranian nuclear deal and and them exceeding the enrichment um, limits on uranium. UN's nuclear watchdog, the
1: International... Atomic Energy Agency says that Iran has stockpiled more enriched uranium than allowed in the 2015 nuclear deal. IAEA inspectors reported back from the Islamic Republic after the claims that Iran has accused European powers of not doing enough to help save the nuclear deal after the U.S. withdrawal and its uh, actions uh, since then over the last uh, few weeks. Let's take a closer look at the dispute around the 2015 nuclear deal. U.S. President Donald Trump pulled out of the agreement last year and imposed tough new sanctions three months later. In May, Iran announced it would pull back on some of its commitments under the deal by increasing production of low-enriched uranium. And Iranian and European leaders met on Saturday in Vienna to try and save the agreement. But there was no breakthrough, and Iran has accused Europe of not doing enough to protect it from U.S. sanctions. We have three live uh, reports for you uh, in this news hour. Patty Kalhane will join us from Washington, D.C. And Natasha Butler is in Paris. But let's begin first with Dorsa Jabari in Tehran. So, Dorsa, how significant is this uh, decision then by Iran?
2: Well, Hazem, this was a decision that was already made. This is just uh, the fact that they've carried out on the, what they said they were going to do. Um, on July 17th, the spokesperson for Iran's atomic energy organization said that they were going to increase production and exceed this 300 kilogram of a stockpile of low enriched uranium at a level of 3.67%. This is something we knew that was coming, and it is now here. Now, the important point is the foreign minister, Javad Zarif, has said that this is, in fact, what the European signatories of the nuclear agreement have forced Iran to do, to scale back their commitments, and it is within the agreement for the Iranians that uh, they are allowed to do this under the nuclear deal to to ensure that the other parties withhold their end of the deal. Now, the second phase of this uh, scaling back their commitment will come on July seventh, when the 60-day period for the European deadline, for the European signatories to respond to the concerns that the Iranians have is the deadline. And the Iranians have said that at that point, their second phase of scaling back uh, from this agreement will be to increase the percentage of enriched uranium. They will go from 3.67 percent up to 20 percent. That is what we know they're capable of, but they haven't decided here what percentage they will go up to. This is really a test, I think, of what will come from the Europeans in the coming days. The Iranians are trying to say that they're not happy with how the Europeans are upholding their end of the deal. They haven't seen any of the benefits from this nuclear agreement, and there is no point for them to actually abide by it 100%. For now, they are... Coming, uh, scaling back their commitment step by step. It's not an all-out abandonment just yet. So we'll have to wait and see as to what the Europeans will do in the coming days to see what the Iranians will respond with.
1: Certainly is an opening question what they will uh, do after this. Let's try to get a sense of that now from Paris. Natasha Butler is live for us uh, from there. So, Natasha, uh, what do the European powers do now? Because uh, up to now they have they've appeared sympathetic to Iran's uh, situation wanting to do what they can to salvage this deal, but with this action now by Iran this this puts them in in something of a difficult position now doesn 't it
3: Well, European powers are in a very difficult position. In fact, we've had some reaction to this decision uh, by Iran to exceed its uranium limits from the British uh, Foreign Minister, Jeremy Hunt, who's called this uh, extremely worrying indeed. And I'm sure that's, uh, that reaction will be echoed by other European powers, including uh, here in France, because what these European powers have been trying to do ever since Donald Trump pulled the US out of the uh, 2015 Iran deal last year and we imposed uh, US sanctions on Iran, European powers have been trying to battle and fight to save uh, this deal. They say it's the best deal out there at the moment uh, for peace and security in the region. And over the past few weeks, as those tensions have really been escalating between Washington and Tehran, uh, European powers have have consistently called for calm and they've called on Iran to stay within the deal, not to break its commitments made under the JCPOA, because European powers do not want to be in a position uh, in which they'll suddenly have to concede that perhaps Iran is breaking this deal because that would be a huge blow to their diplomatic powers and credibility and it's something they simply don't want to see happen because they believe it would be uh, very dangerous, that it could potentially lead to Iran having a nuclear weapon. It is why they've put in place uh, a system that they hope will work in some way to enable some trade between Iran and uh, Europe. It's called INSTEX. It's a special payment system which allows for trade outside of the dollar currency, but it's only going to be for small goods, some medical or humanitarian items. So it's never going to persuade the big multinationals like the French oil giant Total to do trade with Iran again. And really this is the problem because Iran is saying to Europe you're not doing enough to shield our economy from these US sanctions. Instex, it seems at this stage at least isn't enough and Iran really seems to be turning up the pressure on these European powers, on Berlin, on Paris, on London, uh, on the EU to really do more.
1: All right, Natasha, thanks for that. Natasha Butler in Paris for us. Let's cross over now to Patty Colhane in Washington, uh, D.C. for us. So um, over there in in Washington, Patty, they're uh, just waking up to this news. But uh, should it be surprising to to people there, given uh, this ratcheting up of tensions uh, that we've seen between the U.S. uh, and Iran, this almost seemed inevitable?
4: I don't think it will come as any surprise because Iran did telegraph that this was going to happen. Uh, I want to point out, we don't have any reaction yet from basically anyone in Washington, but it's the Independence Day uh, holiday uh, this week, so most of Washington basically just empties out. That said, we are told that the White House will issue some sort of statement in the coming hours. I will, of course, bring that to you when we get it. But in the past, what we've seen is the National Security Advisor, John Bolton, he's come out and said, if they do this, then all options are on the table. I think the biggest question now, though, is how much status John Bolton has with the president of the United States. Uh, What we know is that when he went to, when the president went to Korea, John Bolton wasn't there for that historic trip, but Tucker Carlson was. He's a Fox News talk show host who's very close to the president. He has been rallying against John Bolton and saying that basically he's too much of a hawk. He's trying to start a war with Iran, and he's told the president reportedly that if you go to war with Iran, Iran, you excuse me, you will not be reelected. So right now, it's clear that Tucker Carlson, who is much more of a dove when it comes to Iran, he has the ear of the president. Uh, How where that's going to leave uh, this? Where the White House stands on this? Well, it's going to we'll have to wait and see in the coming hours and days.
1: All right, Patty, thanks for that. Patty Cohen in Washington.
0: Okay, so that was the Al Jazeera report. Echoing some of my same sentiments, this very, very dangerous time um, could escalate into World War Three. It, it really could, with all of the powers that are involved in this. But as I stated, um, you heard echoed there, this shouldn't come as a, a surprise because the Iranians have been transparent about their intentions ever since the Trump administration pulled out of the agreement, which a lot of credit. Um, has been going to, um, the Obama administration, specifically John Kerry. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on for all the reasons that I stated at the beginning of this broadcast, um, because it will have an impact on us here, um, definitely uh, have a financial impact on our economy if world war 3 kicks off and let's just say it's limited to that region it's still going to impact us because of the strait of hormuz where you have a very large percentage of the world's um oil going through that strait so something to keep an eye on now the white house trump's um white house did make a response by claiming that Iran had been violating the nuclear deal for years. And Iran, so let me just read this article from Fox News. You just heard Fox News and Tucker Carlson Carlson mentioned there. Um, Iran fired back at claims by the White House that the government has been violating the 2015 nuclear accord for years with a ter- terse one word response tweeting seriously, you know are you seriously going to claim that we've been violating this nuclear accord for what the past four years and as you heard the um u n atomic agency that's responsible for monitoring um Iran's uh, um uranium uh, enrichment had been certifying that they had been adhering to the agreement and and now they have confirmed that the Iranians are true to their word and they have exceeded the stockpile uh, limits. Iran's foreign minister, Mohammed Javad Zarif, issued the short statement after the White House said there is little doubt that even before the deal's existence, Iran was violating its terms, which that don't even make sense right there. I tell you, man, um, we got some very unstable people in, in um, the Trump administration. How can you violate the terms of a deal before the deal even exists? That don't make sense. That's grammatically incorrect. That's impossible. I can't violate a deal if a deal don't exist. Okay? So that just really stands out to me right there. Did they really say there is little doubt that even before the deal's existence, Iran was violating its terms? Maybe that's why the Iranians fired back and said, seriously, we're not even English speakers. We're predominantly Farsi speakers, and that only made sense. If there's no deal to violate, how was we violating it? President Trump told reporters in the Oval Office on Monday that Iran is quote-unquote playing with fire as it threatened to pursue weapons-grade uranium as soon as July the 7th. Uh, Earlier in the day, the semi-official forest news agency in Iran cited an unnamed source as saying that U.N. inspectors had recently weighed Iran's stockpile of low-enriched uranium, According to the report, Iran's stockpile of low-enriched uranium was greater than the 660-pound limit set by the nuclear deal. The Trump administration withdrew the U.S. from the deal more than a year ago. Um, so, taking a shot at the... Um, the. Um, Obama administration, again, they're just repeating what I've already read to you um, in a written statement. Monday, the White House said the development should have been foreseeable to the Obama administration even before the deal's existence. So uh, again, um, not a whole lot of sense um, (laughs) coming out of the Trump administration. So, um, you know, I know what they said about Tucker Carlson having the ear of President Trump. And I said the same thing. I said that um that Donald Trump's reelection um will happen if the economy stays the way it is and, and stays strong and, and unemployment stays low. Um, and if he doesn't start a war, whether it's with Iran or, or a full scale invasion of Venezuela, um, that pro- prohibiting those things, that he has very good chance of being um, reelected. I would not like to see that happen, but the facts are what the facts are. And, you know, I even seen an article yesterday about increasing support from black people, black voters. And now I, I don't know. Um, how much stock to put into that. But I have observed um, black Trump supporters online and what have you. Um, so I um, think that this is very troubling time, especially for the people that uh, live in the region, because this will lead to mass casualties um, that probably haven't been seen since the Gulf War. Um Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, casualties were in Libya, Um, but I do know about the Gulf War since I was in the Gulf War and I had access to classified top secret uh, information on the casualties, estimated casualties, and and I'm telling you, man, um, lots of people died, and a lot of them were civilians. The majority of them were civilians, and that's usually who are the main casualties in, in war are civilians so definitely this is something um, to keep an eye on um let me see what else do we have here am i ready to move on oh yeah now here is again we don't know what the trump administration is going to do it sends mixed signals out um but as we heard the concerns raised about the european union um the european nations part of this agreement this nuclear accord of 2015 now that iran is trying to use this leverage to to um do more to shield itself from these um inhumane sanctions on its economy um what are they going to do and then what they do the european nations do will dictate what the iranians do the wild card in this is donald trump of course what is the trump administration going to do and i believe that donald trump's a very unstable man that he has a very uh unstable administration um so it's just hard to say what they're going to do um they won't be able to do anything um if they don't get other nations to go along with them. And I'm sure that they're already working on bullying these other nations and they've um, actually threaten these other nations that if they continue to do business with Iran, that the U.S. is going to punish them. Again, you know, yesterday I was watching a report on Donald Trump's historic meeting with Kim Jong-un um, in North Korea. And they always describe him as a brutal dictator, Kim Jong-un. But and and others, they call them regimes, and and you know, even in the case of Maduro in Venezuela, calling people dictators, and well, I was like, well, why they don't use that same language when they're talking about Donald Trump or any U.S. president that is trying to dictate to sovereign nations who they can and cannot do business with. But I digress. Iran says alternative sanction-busting payment system with the EU is operational. Um, so let me see if I might be able to pull up. I don't think this has any video. i tell you what, I, uh, again, I got some other work I need to do. I need to be cognizant of the time. Um, I don't think there's a video for this one, but I'll just um, um, read to you what RT.com is saying about Iran says, the alternative sanctions busting payment system with the EU's operation. I believe I mentioned this on um, a broadcast last week that this was uh, being worked on, and it appears that the alternative system to the SWIFT system is up and running. The European Financial Settlement Mechanism, INSTEX, I-N-S-T-E-X, aimed at circumventing U.S. sanctions against Iran is working and transactions are already happening, according to Iran's JCPOA envoy. Okay, the JCPOA, this came out, when did this come out? About four days ago. Um, The JCPOA is the agreement between Um, which the U.S. pulled out of, but with the other nations that was involved in that, the five plus one, which is now, I guess, four plus one. Uh, The payment mechanism was established by the EU to keep trading with Tehran despite U.S. sanctions in order to keep the nuclear deal with Iran alive. The U.S. reimposed sanctions after the Islamic Republic following Washington's withdrawal from the 2015 Iran nuclear deal, officially known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. The U.S. has been mounting pressure on Iran and anyone breaking its sanctions against the country, threatening to punish any company that continues doing business with the Islamic Republic, including the purchasing of Iranian oil. As you heard, uh, one of the commentators on the Al Jazeera report uh, state about France saying their pri- in their private sector, some of the largest oil importing um, uh, corporations we're not. We're going to um, abide by U.S. sanctions. So again, you know, it's a lot of moving parts to this. A lot of players involved in this. So that's why I think it's important that we keep an eye on this. Um, we will sanction any imp- imports of Iranian crude oil. There are right now no oil waivers in place. U.S. Special Re- Representative to Iran Brian Hook said in, in on Friday after it was reported, that China is still importing Iranian crude. So again, this has so many moving parts to it. Uh, So many, because right now, um, China and the U.S., the Trump administration, is on the verge of a trade war anyway. So, you know, why would China stop importing Iranian crude? And again, China is part of this Iranian agreement that was reached with the Iranians in 2015. So on Friday, seven EU countries said in a joint statement they are working with Britain, France, and Germany on establishing trade channels to Iran, including one of the foremost of these initiatives, the instrument in support of trade exchanges. Again, that's INSTEX. Uh, however, the EU's effort to set up the loan promise payment channel have not satisfied te- Tehran. Earlier this week, Iranian foreign ministry spokesman um, Musabai called in states a false thing of no practical use, according to Iranian media. He later said that if this turns out to be the case, the Islamic Republic will not accept it and may change its commitments under the nuclear deal that Brussels is trying to hold on um, to. So there could be some political gamemanship um, there using their whatever leverage to get a better deal. Um, But according to this article, again, according to this article from RT, that um, the transactions are are already happening uh, uh, under or through this um, financial mechanism called INSTEX. Now, what I thought about this was, I was like, how has Cuba, which was sanctioned by the U.S. government, the dictatorship, in 1959, the year that they rose up against the brutal dictator Batista and and launched the Cuban Revolution, um, which resulted in the government that they have now, and they've been sanctioned ever since. So you're 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 talk we're talking what sixty something years and they have survived. They have survived. They're not thriving, but they are surviving. And I'm wondering how they were able to do that. And I'm wondering um, you know, if other countries that are being threatened with sanctions or already under US sanctions from the dictatorship of Washington DC Um, if they won't look to create similar financial mechanisms to blunt the effect of the U.S. sanctions. So um, I I just see other countries duplicating this. And as I've, um, you know, heard reported in the past, um, other countries are also, those countries are also looking at cryptocurrencies, which are untraceable. Um, and looking at cryptocurrencies to facilitate trade. So um, definitely a complex situation going on. Um, I think it doesn't have to be complex. I think if the United States minded its own business and stopped trying to dictate to the rest of the world what they can and cannot do under some fake humanitarian concerns, because again, how can you have concern for the people and saying you're doing this on to bring them some liberty and freedom and, of course, capitalism. Um, but then your sanctions hurt those people. It's like you're punishing those people to force them um, to rise up against their governments. That's, you know, man. So anyway, does look like I am going to go over an hour. Um, I'm going to take a station identification break. And then when we come back, um, we'll get into this story about this secret Facebook group that was created by Border Patrol agents that um, has a lot of racist posts, a lot of sexist and, and vulgar uh, posts, pornographic posts. And, um, you know, just these people showing just how um, inhumane they are. They're barbarians, man, animals. And I've heard I read that there's only about 30,000 Border Border Patrol agents in that um, up to 15,000 um, are in this group. And it's this group consists of former agents as well as current agents. So there's supposed to be an investigation um, in, into this. So we'll jump on that story got a video of a girl who was recently released from a Texas border station who is um, talking about or sharing her experience in there. And of course, we also had um, a couple of representatives, including Ocasio, um, what's her name? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez toured some of those facilities and Um, These people in the group were saying stuff, uh, making threats towards her and making racist comments towards both of the U.S. um, congresspersons who who both uh, are um, Hispanic, meaning they speak Spanish or or have a spare Spanish heritage. All right. So we're going to take a station identification break and then we'll get into that story On the other side. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, broadcasting Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time.
5: Like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like minded people with your privacy guaranteed.
0: You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to BTR News. I am attempting to see if we can find a video report uh, about this Customs and Border Control, I mean, excuse me, this Customs and Border Patrol investigation into this, quote unquote, vile secret Facebook group uh, where they talk about um, these uh, asylum seekers and migrants in derogatory terms in, um, you know, seeking to uh, strip them of their humanity. And we've heard the language from Donald Trump and, and what have you but again I have to always preface whenever I report these stories is if you're one of those people who are anti-immigrants and, and you know um, you support the Trump administration's actions on the border well and, and you don't want these people here because you say they in competition, which is true they they will be in competition for jobs with you for resources and what have you. And, and that's all true. But you should also recognize that they wouldn't even be coming here if it wasn't for for the U.S. Monroe Doctrine, which views, again, dictatorial Washington, D.C., which views these nations as its backyard, and therefore they had a right to go into these nations and topple governments and install puppet governments and, and give the resources away to multinational corporations and, and just doing everything that's detrimental to these people. Um, also, forcing countries to participate in the U.S. drug war with while you have almost half of the U.S. states now legalizing cannabis, which is the number one commodity that these violent drug gangs rely on to make the bulk of their money. I've read articles that say 60% of their revenue is from cannabis. But you want to make countries like Mexico, um, Nicaragua, El Salvador, uh, Honduras, you want to force them to adhere to a a drug war, which has done nothing but empower the violent drug cartels, which has led to tremendous amounts of loss of life of civilians as well as law enforcement officers. I mean, we keep reading about, I read a couple of days ago about another mass grave, um, you know, of of, of students um, that um, were opposed to these drug cartels and they just murdered them and buried them in a, in a mass grave. U.S. foreign policy, if you are not speaking out against U.S. foreign policy that is creating the instability that is forcing these people to come here, then you just need to be quiet about it. If, if you can't bring yourself to criticize the most powerful people in power in the U.S. government, then you, to me, you just picking on low-hanging fruit when you pick on the immigrants, the victims of racism and white supremacy. These are victims. I mean, think about it. As um I had shared on social media, a friend of our family who had access to um one of these ancestry databases had put together a 41 page booklet of my grandmother's uh family, um, which is tied to this to this area of North Carolina where we live, and you know, I, I as I was sharing that, I was like, well, I've been here, my family's been here on in North Carolina since before there was a United States of America. Okay, so why what would make me pick up and leave? And let's say go to Africa or go to Europe or go anywhere and just leave all my all my ancestors is buried here. Not all of them, but you know, uh, um. So many generations are buried here. They fought to maintain and keep the property that they passed down. What would I look like to just pick up and abandon it? Because I'm going to go to some other country. You know, that. think of that as the same thing, thing applied to these people. Why would they leave their birthplace? Why would they leave where their ancestors are buried? Where they have ties to the land just going to pick up and leave just to go to the United States just because, right? No, that's not logical. It's logical that instability, economic instability, um, um, uh, instability in terms of personal safety, that's what they're fleeing from. And it can be traced to U.S. foreign policy. All right? So anyway, Let me um, see if I can find a video report. If I cannot, let me see Border Patrol Facebook, all right? And uh, pull up one of these reports. They um, are being investigated. We're going to listen to this report from CBS News. CBS News, U.S. Customs uh, Border Patrol agents allegedly mocked migrant deaths in secret facebook group well i i think that propublica provided cbs with the evidence and so it's no allege they did they did mock these migrant deaths and, and so much wor- worse uh in this group okay so let me go ahead and queue up this clip from CBS. The
2: U.S. Customs and Border Protection has launched an investigation into a secret Facebook group where thousands of Border Patrol agents posted sexist memes and joked about migrant deaths. Its discovery comes as President Trump signs a humanitarian aid package for the border and raises new questions about migrant care. Jeff Begay's reports.
6: The Facebook group was dubbed I'm 1015, which is border patrol code for aliens in custody. Recently, one of the group's 9,500 members posted this photo of a dead migrant and his 23-month-old daughter and asked if it was fake because the bodies were so clean. In another post, group members responded with indifference to the death in border patrol custody of a 16-year-old Guatemalan migrant. If he dies, he dies. According to the media organization ProPublica, there were lewd memes and sexist posts, some of which were aimed at members of Congress, including New York Democrat Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Today, she tweeted, they're threatening violence on members of Congress. How do you think they're treating caged children and families? She was part of a congressional delegation that toured the detention facility in Clinton, Texas today. Hispanic Caucus Chairman Joaquin Castro called for an investigation of the Facebook posts. That shows, unfortunately, that there are many within CBP who become desensitized to the point of being dangerous to the migrants in their care
5: and to their
6: co-workers. Today, President Trump defended the Border Patrol. The Border Patrol, they're patriots, they're great people. They love our country, they know what's coming in. CBP officials call the Facebook posts completely inappropriate. Chief of Operations Brian Hastings says an investigation is underway. Each one of those individuals, if, if they are found to have done these, the appropriate disciplinary actions will be taken. Just like police departments across the country, the union that represents CBP agents says that it has cautioned its members about how they use social media. The union also says that that Facebook group does a disservice to all CBP
2: agents. Tanya. Jeff, the inspector general is expected to release the results of investigation into conditions at that Clint, Texas border facility this week. Do we have any more information about this report and when we can expect it? Well, according to
6: my sources, this report is going to mirror what has been found in other recent reports by the DHS OIG, the Inspector General's Office. They look into these uh, detention facilities, they're doing investigations there, and what they've consistently found, based on some of the reports that we've seen lately, are overcrowding conditions, the kinds of conditions that can lead to violence, at least that in the words of some of the CBP agents who work in some of these uh, uh, facilities, some of these, uh, under some of these conditions. So uh, what we will hear is, is really more of the same. Now, we don't have uh, the timing for this particular report that we're waiting for. We're told that it's going to come out sometime this week. And again, we'll spell, some, some, spell out some of, some of these similar examples that we've seen
2: in recent reports. All right, Jeff Pagays, thank you so much for
0: that. All right, that was the uh, CBS report, and um, there are other reports about sexual abuse, rape of children by border patrol agents. And one of the things I did not hear were well, there's words I was looking for to be used to uh, accurately describe the mentality that's going on. And I did not hear that on any of the terms on CBS News report we just listened to. In those terms of what? Racism and its um, pseudonym white supremacy. That's what this is steeped in. That's what Trump's rhetoric against these uh, migrants and asylum seekers fleeing violence, uh, fleeing poverty that has been created by U.S. foreign policy under the Monroe Doctrine, which is still in in, in full force and effect on these countries. And he, and it doesn't matter to me if you got non-white border patrol agents. Uh, lots of Hispanics also work in the border patrol south of, you know, in the southern part of the United States along the southern uh, border. Well, this might be a news flash to you but people can internalize white supremacy and they can practice racism or engage in racist activities towards people who are in their same demographic. So, uh racism is at the heart of this Um, Barbarity is at the heart of this. And what do you expect from a nation that's still practicing slavery via the 13th Amendment? And this is, this too is linked to slavery. This is linked to the transatlantic slave trade. This is an institution that was transformed by the 13th Amendment that has resulted in what we see today. A lot of people call it mass incarceration. I more accurately describe it as a continuation of slavery, where the 13th Amendment said, oh, slavery and involuntary servitude shall be abolished except as a punishment for crime. Hence why you have so many private companies who are engaged in profiting off of people's bodies. The private prison industry that is um, running these facilities for the federal government dumped a lot of money into the 2016 campaign to get Donald Trump elected because they knew that he was going to do this. They knew it. He said he was going to do as much on the campaign trail. So it's slavery. Any kind of profit off of another individual's body is slavery. You don't have to be putting them to work. Just you housing them in them inhumane conditions. That's slavery. These are basically slave pens that they have these children in. Others have described them as concentration camps. No difference in my mind. So now, you know, I don't expect much to come up this investigation. I don't expect many people to be fired. Um, You know, this just tells you that they don't monitor these people. They don't, and these people feel emboldened. Well, they did make a secret group, but a lot of them were posted on their profiles and what have you. And, you know, I don't expect, um, any kind of action to really take, be taken against them because Donald Trump has their back and the border patrol, um, falls under the executive branch. So he's the boss of them. So what can you do to them? You can threaten to withhold funds and what have you, but I don't expect them to do that. They just gave them a package. So this this is something um, that is linked to our work in the new abolitionist movement. Um, we have the same oppressor, the same companies profiting off of our bodies, the same people mistreating us in these facilities and you know uh, wrong is wrong either you for justice or you not for justice and if you think justice should only be about your your group, your demographic that's not practicing justice that's practicing self-centeredness that's practicing um, um, selfishness Why should anybody give a darn about you when you have demonstrated you don't give a darn what happens to other people in the similar circumstances with the same oppressor? That's why I said the other day, I I just don't have any respect for people in my demographic, black people, people who look like me, who turn a blind eye to this abuse on the border and try to use, and, and use racist propaganda towards these groups to justify, I mean, if you don't care, do you really have to tell people you don't care about children being raped in these facilities? I mean, really, what type of person does that? Let me go on Twitter and tell everybody how I don't give a damn about little children being raped, raped, little children being subjected to all kind of inhumane conditions little children being separated from their families really uh, you know I I have to say you might want to see a therapist you might because you got some internal stuff going on there um, that will have you engaged in unjust acts and not only engaged in those acts but proud of those acts to the point that you will put it out on Twitter or any other social media Again, if you don't believe in practicing justice, then you must believe in practicing injustice, as Mr. Neely Fuller Jr. said. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, a threat to justice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. See, these people come in here because they've been propagandized to believe that this is the land of milk and honey, as opposed to the land of great wealth inequality. This is the land of liberty and freedom as opposed to the land of the most incarcerated on the face of the planet. See, they've fallen for the propaganda. They've been watching too much NFL games or something, you know, where all of this uh, nationalism is on full display, all this pomp and and what have you, pomp and circumstance. See, they've they've been fooled, and they possibly don't know that the U.S. government is behind the reason or the number one contributor to the reason why they're having to flee their homelands. So let's listen to this clip of this 12-year-old girl who says she was held for almost two weeks in a Texas Border Patrol station. And, and two weeks? That's a short amount of time compared to to the amount of time many of these people have been uh, detained and separated from their family. Hell, they can't even find some of the children because they then sold them off to to uh, 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 white supremacists, no doubt. But here, here's a young girl describing what she went through at a border patrol station. This isn't one of the privately run uh, uh, concentration camps. This is at a border patrol station where she was held for two weeks. This comes to you from the Associated Press.
2: they gave us little food.
0: Okay, this is in Spanish, but you can um, see it in its entirety. It has subtitles. I forgot about that and so but they were just saying how they were just deprived of food, deprived of basic necessities, weren't able to bathe or take a shower, just just treated them very badly. And again, I've heard reports about sexual abuse at the hands of these agents as well All right, so I didn't know that that was in Spanish I thought it was going to be English in there Um, but um, I don't speak Spanish and I don't think um, most of our audience speaks Spanish so y'all can check that out later but um, that's what she's talking about the abuse that she suffered the poor care which this package that was just passed by the Democratic House um, with criticism from the Progressive Caucus Um, Nancy Pelosi caving in to Donald Trump and Um, This is supposed to address humanitarian concerns. I don't think so. I I will see, but I don't think so. I I really don't think so. And, you know, it's just a shame that U.S. taxpayers got to pay for something um, that the U.S. government created these problems. These problems were foreseeable. Where do you think it's going to happen when you destabilize uh, people's countries? Where do you think they're going to go? So, anyway. I'm going to take a a short station identification music break, um, and then when I come back, I'm going to close out with this story about these Twitter bots um, who, and, I, and this is what uh, researcher Carolyn Orr said: What a weird coincidence that a group of accounts, starting with Ali, Ali, started to tweet the exact same thing verbatim about Kamala Harris within minutes of each other tonight. Um if you follow Roland Martin's Unfiltered on YouTube his YouTube channel I think he's also on Periscope as well um I would check out their last couple of broadcasts concerning blackness and who's black and who's not black um how people have internalized white supremacy and and they're just acting irrationally illogically because I think it's illogical um for black people to attack Kamala Harris and try to undermine um, what she said about Joe Biden being Jim Crow Joe and working with openly racist uh, Congress members to uh, prevent busing. So there's some disinformation being put out about her. Um, I, I mean, it's I hate to cover these stories, but when they make a lot of noise in the news, I have to cover them. But At the same time, I'm trying to look at this uh, from a codified perspective. We're dealing with people who, uh, some of these people, I don't know, some of these people could be white. We don't know. We don't know. You know, they're using these fake names. They're using, could use anybody's photo. You don't know who these people are. Oh, I'm black, and she's stealing my history and hurting my people and all. Saying she's not black, she's not African American. You don't know who those people are. But then, you know, you'll just retweet it because for some reason, um, that kind of racist, unconstructive rhetoric resonates with you. You know, and, and I started to tweet out a post about this and I, I, I thought better of it. I was like, No, don't don't go back and forth with these people. But I was like, Who is this king of blackness? I was saying to myself I almost made a post about it using um the um the image of Biggie Smalls. Um y'all don't know who Biggie Smalls is, but he's a dead rapper, um, whose most successful song was the Ten Crack Commandments. And and what have you, but um, he's wearing a crown on his head. And those who know who Biggie Smalls is know he's he's highly melanated, was highly melanated, very dark skinned. So I was like, who is this king of blackness who gets to determine who's black and who's not? Who gets to bestow the cloak of blackness upon individuals? Who is this king of blackness? Or do we have some hurt people, and, and when I say hurt, I don't mean hurt like they just hurt cause Kamala Harris getting some attention, no, I mean hurt from the fact of that they have been suffering um, uh, um, under this government of suffering racism, all kind of different in different people activity areas Um, They don't get mental health treatment for their trauma. So a lot of them is just speaking from trauma. These are people who need help. They don't need uh, um, you to egg them on to engage in unconstructive, uncodified behavior. These people need mental health treatment. But some of these people, I believe, are white supremacists, um, who are just trying to, you know, uh, muck up her candidacy. And again, I am not a Kamala Harris candidate, a uh, 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 person. I'm not going to vote for her in the primaries. I'm just simply not. Now, I've done a program where I said, you know, yes, she has a terrible past when it comes to criminal justice issues. Terrible, 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 terrible history and what have you. And so, based on that history, as an abolitionist, I will not be voting for this former prosecutor, Amy Klobuchar, another prosecutor. No, that's disqualifying to me. Unless you were a progressive prosecutor, you know, not prosecuting people for petty crimes just to lock them up. All right. So it's not like I'm defending her um, record. I'm not. I'm def. I'm defending. It's not really defending her Because she can defend herself But what I'm speaking to Is just incorrect behavior That pushes a lot of division In our community And you know White people could be behind it all Uh, Racist white people Could be behind it all And paying (coughs) And paying certain black people To be the face of something They've done it before What makes you And it worked So what makes you think that they're going to lay a tool aside that has been working for so many decades? So we'll talk about that story on the other side. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA, Inc. We'll be back on the other side. Uh, Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. Out of my scope, my grandma passed, my brother's gone. I never at once felt so alone. I know you're supposed to be my steering wheel, not just my spare tire. But Lord, I ask you to be my guide and
6: force the truth. For some strange reason, it had to be. He guided me to Tennessee.
0: You yeah. are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Visit blacktalkradionetwork.com um, to get updates on upcoming programs or podcasts that have been posted to the network remember there's more than one digital radio station on black Talk radio as we have our media partners who are operating digital radio stations uh on their own um in partnership with the Black Talk Media Project. So um any upcoming programming you want to know about time for awakening or uh the context of white supremacy and some of the other podcasts, um just go to Black Talk Radio Network on a daily basis and you can find out about those upcoming uh programs. Um don't forget tomorrow night um New Abolitionist Radio Um, I'm still working on trying to get, uh, um, well, actually, we have several guests trying to get on the program, um, but we don't want to bring them all on one program, but I'm still trying to work out uh, some logistics in terms of who we're going to have on. But New Abolitionist Radio um, is a program that I began producing in 2013 to bring information to the public awareness about slavery was never abolished. And, you know, last night I was uh, engineering the broadcast of NCOBRA's program on our network, Converse, uh, com- what is it, Conversation Reparations. Um, um, last night, you know, um, I was bringing that program to you. I was engineering it to you. And, you know, they're doing a lot of great work that uh, people need to be in tune with. Um, And like I told them, um, you know, a lot of people don't know about y'all and they don't know the hard work that y'all putting in 24 seven, 365 days a week. And so it'll be great, you know, for you to come on. But, you know, uh, speaking of the reparations movement, um, one thing that has to be part of that movement is a call for the repeal and a placement of the 13th Amendment which legalized prison slavery in this country. So um, what good is reparations if the mechanism um, for our enslavement is still ongoing? So we, you know, we got to make that part of a, rep- a, a um, any kind of reparations proposal, proposal to get rid of the 13th Amendment and replace it with an amendment that will abolish 21st century slavery and human trafficking from um the US Constitution cuz it's in there and that can't be. So now I posted this uh tweet in my timeline line for my program notes found on btrcommunity.com if you're listening um through blacktalkradionetwork.com or if you're on the podcast page it has a link called program notes to all the links to the stories that i've shared with you um today my main topics and you'll find a link to this tweet from a woman by the name of carolina or um uh, let me see she is a feminist behavioral scientist Uh, Let me see, a reporter at the National Observer focusing on disinformation and the rise of hate. Okay, Um, so she came, she said, what a weird coincidence that a group of accounts, starting with Ali, decided to tweet the exact same thing verbatim about Kamala Harris within minutes of each other um, tonight. So um, it's saying Kamala Harris is not, an African uh, American black. Well, how come she ain't? She was born in, a, in the United States and she is black, even if she's half black or quarter black or quadroon or, or whatever other racist category that white supremacists created uh, for her. White people recognize her as being black okay, um and the point of why uh she was in that class to integrate uh schools in California, okay, so uh meaning that she went to a segregated school and she wasn't going with white people so but this is what Ali Alexander said, Kamala Harris is not an American black, I mean, I don't even hear black people talk like that. she is half Indian and half Jamaican. I'm so sick of people robbing American blacks like myself of our history. It's disgusting. Now using it for debate time at damn debate two the hashtag. These are my people, not her people. Freaking disgusting. So this person, Ali Alexander. Um, I can't. She took a screenshot. Of his uh, thing, he's 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 not using a real photo of himself like she's using, like I use, um, some some melanated graphic of someone with glowing eyes or what? We don't know who this person is. You don't know who this person is, okay? And and so a whole bunch of accounts. It started with Ali Alexander, then Bob at preps underscore 73 who has a white graphic, white person graphic, and he's saying uh, Kamala Harris is not an American black. She is half Indian and half Jamaican, um, which those are nationalities. They are not racist, um, meaning racist um, um, created by white supremacy. You know, it's white supremacy that created the classifications of black in white, of Negro, in Caucasian. White supremacy created those labels. Indian is a nationality if you're talking about her mother who is from India and uh, her father. How can you be half Jamaican? Again, this is people not understanding the definition of the words that they're using. Jamaican is a nationality. You can't be half Jamaican either her father was a citizen of Jamaica or he wasn't there's no half Jamaicans okay this is see again this is this is the lunacy these are the logical fallacies the, this is the ignorance that's on display and many of us fall for it because we don't read we don't know the definition of words we can't comprehend english and It's just sad. It's just really sad. And it makes you susceptible to um, misinformation. Half Indian and half Jamaican. That's crazy, man. Um, She is not a citizen of India that I know of. She doesn't have citizenship in India, she doesn't have Jamaican citizenship. As far as has been revealed from the evidence that I've seen, unless you have some, some evidence to show me that she is a multinational, um, then, you know, uh, you just showing how ignorant you are. I'm so sick of people robbing American blacks of our history. It's disgusting. Listen, let me say this. And again, I realize I'm possibly dealing with suspected racist white people. That's, that's who I'm, I, I suspect is behind all this. Of course, then black people who want to attack Kamala Harris will uh, uh, for whatever reason will, will then just retweet this stuff or regurgitate it like they came up with it, okay? But racism, the racist history of this country It's not exclusively black history. Native Americans, racism practiced against them. Even the Native Americans that sided with the slavers, that were slavers themselves, were still, after the white people got through using them, were then subjected to the same mistreatment. But then there were tribes out west who ain't have nothing to do with these Europeans had nothing to do with the transatlantic slave trade and saw their lands taken saw uh, themselves fall victim to to germ warfare to all sorts of atrocities and land theft and put on reservations Um, Hispanic people Mexicans, Mexicans, Americans, who were here on this continent before the Europeans started pressing down south, further south, like in the Texas, um, in Arizona, in California, that was Mexican land. That well, it was land that was under the jurisdiction of Mexico which again has its own european history of colonization in the americas in mistreating the uh native americans in both south and north america and central america but again you know uh the chinese chinese people racism practiced against them so how is anybody who suffered racism, like, for example, let's say one of these uh, people that's still alive that were of Japanese descent, which is a nationality, but, you know, Asian, and and they were put into concentration camps. So what are you telling me? They can't talk about race, uh, uh, racist America? They can't talk about the racism of the United States? Uh, see, again, this is being self-centered, this is when you think the world revolves all around you and nobody else matters. And it's disgusting. And I ain't talking about these bots and these suspected racists, these white people. I'm talking about black people right now. They need help. They need help. They need psychological help for that trauma that they are not able to deal with in constructive ways. That Instead of lashing out at the white supremacist responsible for your current condition, you lash out at other victims of the same people. What logical sense does that make? That makes none whatsoever. But again, we're dealing with, we're dealing with people who are not mentally well. And then it just went on from there. Then here's even this Indian-looking guy, Shayam Thiyodim. Kamala Harris is not an American black. She's half Indian, half Jamaican. I'm so sick of people robbing American blacks like myself. Dude, we've seen your picture that you ain't black, which means that this is a bot account. Here's another one from Reb Dash C has a picture of a vehicle. Kamala Harris is not an American black. She's half Indian and half Jamaican. I'm so sick of people robbing American blacks like myself of our history. And then, and then you'll have actual black people who amplify that and retweet it out. There's a term, but I think the term borders on name calling, um, but there is a term for uninformed people Who are easily manipulated, Uh, the term that the people in charge came up with is useful idiots. Meaning that they're very useful to white supremacy because they are ignorant to the ways that they are being manipulated and used. But that does that does sound like name calling, as I stated on uh, the broadcast about Afro-Christophobia, We want to try to be a codified network. I want to be a codified person, individual, and and try to work on my flaws because I have them, just like you know probably majority of people. I don't think there's any perfect people. Now, here is something else. This is disinformation, this is lack of English comprehension, or it's intentional deception. So one of my friends on social media um, had shared a post from Antonio Moore, who is is cited as one of the founders of this Eidos movement, um, which is, I don't know what they're supposed to be focused on, um, but I thought their primary focus was reparations um, but they they um, branch out into hate for African immigrants and, again, pitting um, um, African Americans against Jamaicans, against Barbadians, against um, anybody from the continent of Africa and blaming them um, for taking something from them that white supremacists gave them them butter biscuits. Your ire should be directed at the white supremacists. I even read that Africans showing up on the southern border from countries that are being bombed and droned by who? The U.S. government. But you will attack them, but what will you say to the U.S. government that's forcing them to flee their homelands? Okay, so this is what Antonio Moore, he was talking about Kamala Harris taking a dig a shot at Joe Jim. I call him Jim Crow Joe Biden. Um, when she said that it, she felt very hurt that he was talking about the reputation, of, not in a negative way, but in a positive way, about these racist senators who were opposed to busing and how he worked with them to oppose. Uh, uh integration cause they wanted to keep black people in in the schools without the resources and and you know uh keep taking black people taxes and using that money to pay for resources in the white schools and then Joe Biden was for that he gave the white citizens council um um you know, uh, replied that you know the white citizen council have the right to determine um, how their schools are run in their jurisdiction. So some people been calling this states' rights, but when he said city councils, immediately what came into my mind was the white citizens council of Alabama. Okay, but anyway, this is the disinformation that Moore. I don't know why he took a shot at her instead of taking a shot at Jim Crow Joe, but he said. This whole thing fell apart on Kamala Harris. She basically lied by omission. The school was integrated. The elementary was 37% black the year prior to her arrival. And the U.S. and junior high schools were already integrated. She implied she led desegregation. So he's using some article some fact-checking article that says was Kamala Harris really one of the first to integrate at whatever the rest of the title says because it doesn't have the link to the article. But she never said she was among the first. I was among the first in in the Detroit school district that I lived in. I was among the first. I talked about it the other day. I think I might be a few years older than Kamala Harris. I think she might be a couple of years behind me. I'm not sure. But I was one of the first. My aunt, who recently passed away, was the first in Gaston County to to integrate. But listen, the children were not doing the integrating. The children were just going to the schools that they was directed to go to the uh, school at. The children weren't out there making arguments against racist segregation. That was the parents. That was the activists. That was the NAACP, okay? It wasn't the children. So, first of all, your premise is wrong as a child cannot desegregate schools. That was the government that desegregated. She never said I was the first. Month, like I stated, I was the first wave of blacks in Detroit to be sent to um, a predominantly or all white school. And I think you know, when I went to that school, I was in elementary school. I think 20% of us were black. 20% of us. Um, I had, I, I'm not gonna say I had a positive experience, but I didn't have a negative experience. It was very traumatic. Because I was used to going to the school I was going to, where my mom was a, a assistant teacher, where you know I knew many of these teachers. Uh personally outside of the school would go roller skating and stuff and little field trips because they were friends with my mother and and it was traumatic to be taken from such a loving environment and put in what I'm gonna call a sterile environment um because you know I wasn't mistreated in that school, there were no mobs outside uh spitting on me or with signs protesting my presence um uh, and 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 against me going to school with their little lily white children i I didn't experience none of that in detroit i I did not, okay, but again, what is that? I didn't do nothing. that's nothing for me to take credit for. All I did was get on a bus and attend school. Kamala Harris is not claiming. To be some kind lead led some effort to desegregate schools. That's crazy. What she did say, and I and I uh, got the transcript. This is what she said. Now let me read what he said again. Then Marie, what she actually said, and then you tell me who's being uh, 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 if this person is being dishonest, if this person Antonio Moore is lying. His motive? You have to ask him. He blocked me a long time ago because I kept pestering him about ADOS um, incorporating uh, abolitionism into their platform, meaning calling for a repeal and placement replacement of the 13th Amendment because slavery was never abolished. Oh yeah, I was persistent. Look, dude, slavery was never abolished. You know, I wasn't being disrespectful or anything. He, he just uh, you know, um, decided to block me because of my lobbying efforts. And then when I found out he's a former L.A. prosecutor, well, maybe he didn't he didn't want it coming up or being questioned about how many black people did you send to prison? You want to talk about Kamala Harris, okay? How many black people did you send to prison through the court system, Antonio Moore? Because you wasn't a defense attorney. You was a prosecutor. So this is what he said. This whole thing fell apart on Kamala Harris. She basically lied by omission. The school was integrated. The elementary school was 37% black the year prior to her arrival. And the high school and junior high school were already integrated. She implied she led desegregation. Now, um, either he can't read, can't comprehend English or I don't know if he was watching or watched the playback or what, I, uh, but maybe he didn't hear correctly because, you know, he might got some wax in the ears. And I I don't know. You have to ask him. Um, This is what Harris said. And I'm going to now direct this at Vice President Biden. I do not believe you are a racist, which is codified. I believe he's a racist, but I'm not on that stage seeking um, the CE to become CEO of USA Inc. But I understand you had to be codified. So she said, I do not believe you are a racist. And I agree with you when you commit yourself to the importance of finding common ground. But I also believe, and it is personal, and it was actually very hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputation and career on a segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that. But you also work with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was a part, a part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate among Democrats. We have to take it seriously. We have to act swiftly as Attorney General. And then she goes off into something that don't even matter. Um, to that and it's questionable because um, she said she was very proud to put in place a requirement that all my special agents wear body cameras and keep those cameras on that's dubious I don't have the details on that now um, but at one time she was uh, against it and she was against independent investigations of cops involved in deadly shootings and, and other brutality so again I'm not a Harris supporter but I am a supporter of truth. Especially when it comes from people who 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 try to portray themselves as arbitrators of truth. Who disseminate information to a rather large audience. Kamala Harris didn't say she led anything. She didn't say she didn't imply that she led the fight as an elementary school girl to integrate school. She said And I quote, who was a part of the second class to integrate her public schools? Meaning she wasn't part of that first wave. So you're wrong. She didn't imply nothing of the sort. Didn't even come close to it. So my question then has to be, why would you lie? Why would you take a shot at her instead of the white supremacist? Um, And he's, I was going to call him a codified racist, but man, he ain't really that good at being codified. That's why they call him the gaff machine. He's not even good at being a codified racist. He slips up from time to time. Why would you focus on Kamala Harris comment about being part of the second class and then falsely uh, imply that she said she led the segregation and not focused on Jim Crow Joe. In fact, that the reason he was working with them racists is because he was looking for a committee chairmanship which he got from them white supremacists who was in control of the Senate. He was ingratiating himself to these white supremacists he was laughing and joking with them. He was very close to them. One, of, one article I shared with you last week described one of the racists as Joe Biden's mentor. He did more than work with them. They mentored him. That's according to these other white people. It's not according to me. And he was looking for power as a freshman senator. And he got that appointment. First time senator got an appointment over a powerful committee. Why? Because he made those deals with those races. Why isn't Antonio Moore focusing on that and then instead of something trivial as whether or not a child named Kamala Harris led desegregation? That's just freaking... Re- oh, man, let me watch my language tell you man and people fall for it fail for it that's because you're not paying enough attention to words you're not possibly due to no fault of your own not very good at comprehending english because you went to a predominantly black school that was deprived of resources had an environment that was not conducive to learning and you know, and it's manifesting itself in your adulthood. That's not your fault. That's the fault of the racist system. So uh, you know, but since this person puts himself out there to be Mister Know It All, who who went to law school and and all of this and that, and and you know, I got a question. Why is he lying about this? Why? and why isn't he focused on the white supremacist? that's what i got that's that would be my question to him if he was taking questions from me but he's not because i'm an abolitionist and he's not and he didn't want to be bothered with any kind of of discussions about actually abolishing slavery in this country all right that's my broadcast see i said i wasn't going to do 2 hours but i darn near did 2 hours because that's how i flow uh sometimes so um That's my program. I don't have any more to say um, on this issue. Um, I will be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern with another broadcast of BTR News with yours truly. uh, Scotty Reed broadcasting from Behind the Enemy Lines of USA, Inc., where they have never stopped practicing slavery. We need uh, uh, to repeal the 13th Amendment and replace it with an amendment that says that it abolishes slavery and involuntary servitude in all its forms. Point blank, no exceptions. We need abolitionists out there. Won't you join us? With that said, be safe out there and peace and blessings to all.